Welcome back. Let's continue with this discussion of the easy life that we talk about for Christians. You know, in the study of Paul, it seemed pretty obvious to me that there was a disconnect between circumstances and being obedient to God. Um, because obedience, uh, at least in the life of Paul, did not directly lead to an easy life for him. Uh, there seems to be a disconnect there because Paul, being an obedient person, what he was doing is important, starting churches, uh, writing so much of the New Testament, uh, and yet he suffered. You know, was God mad at him? Well, I don't, I don't know how God could be mad at him with all the things that he was doing. He, he was so obedient to the call of God on his life that it didn't seem to have anything to do with his circumstances. So why are we allowed to suffer? You know, why does God say no to us? Why would God not remove the thorns in our life, especially the thorns that, that inhibited our obedience, that made it harder to be obedient? I mean, that certainly was the case with Paul. Whatever this thorn was, it made it more difficult for him to do his job. So why, why would God not remove it? Wouldn't you think that God would want to remove it if it would mean that God could do even greater things for God? I mean, it doesn't really make sense. But the conclusion is, is that we were not created for an easy life. I know a lot of times that we think that, that God is there for that, uh, there's not anything that I'm aware of in Scripture that supports that. I know we think of the, um, the easier life as the more comfortable life, the more prosperous life. Um, we tie Christian faith, Christian obedience to being prosperous especially. But life is not perfect and life is not pain-free. And I believe that while God is not concerned about your comfort, God is not there to make life pain-free to take these, away from, take these things away from us. And so much of the time we tie our happiness and our abundant life to the absence of trials. And we feel like that we can't have an abundant life if we have trials going on. And if you really understand this idea that God is not concerned about your comfort, uh, it was very confusing to me. That was something that I, I just didn't really understand because when things happen in our life, either God calls them or he allowed them. But in either case, God could have changed our circumstances and we were going through several trials at the time and we were suffering. And I didn't really understand why God would not change some of these things. I mean, I was a good guy. Uh, I'm a good father. I'm a good, I'm a good husband. I don't beat my wife. I go to church. I'm active. I'm a leader in church. I tithe. I check the boxes. You know, I get up every day professionally trying to help people, trying to build the kingdom of God, and yet we were going through all this stuff. So obviously those things didn't necessarily directly affect our circumstances. These circumstances were allowed in our life for some kind of reason. That seemed pretty obvious. I just want, didn't necessarily know what that reason was. The other thing that I felt like I concluded in looking at these two chapters in Corinthians is that we need a little bit different definition of how God provides. You know, how, how does God provide for us? I know we talk an awful lot about provisions, 
But most of the time, I think when we think about that, what God providing means to get rid of something so that we don't have to deal with it. Just get rid of it so we don't have to deal with it. And I'm sure we've all had times in our life that, that God has removed something from us, just taken something away so that we don't have to deal with things. I had a, a, a big example, a very dramatic example of that that I mentioned in the book that I'll mention here very quickly. Um, the most dramatic example of God's provisions in my life uh, was what happened to me in 2005. In 2005, I had a massive stroke. And it was, uh, it was a brainstem stroke. And if you're familiar with strokes, they happen in areas in your brain. And the severity of the stroke depends upon where it happens in your brain. And if you're choosing an area to have a stroke, uh, the brainstem would not be the area to choose because it, t it typically results in death. And I had a stroke in 2005, and I was pretty messed up. I was paralyzed. I could not speak. Um, things were pretty bleak for me. And going through testing, the doctors were trying to figure out what caused the stroke. And I went through um, several tests, and it was determined that the potential cause of the stroke uh, was what we call a dissection. And a dissection is where the blood vessels in your brain separate. And it's a fatal condition. And it's a condition that can only be remedied by brain surgery. However, in the area that this was happening in my brain, they did not feel like they could do surgery. And so I was going through additional tests. This was on a Wednesday afternoon. And they were trying to figure out what they wanted to do. And that afternoon, our pastor, Bill Elder, we go to Mountaintop, and Bill Elder was the founder of Mountaintop, and he and I were very close, and he called Rhonda, my wife, and he checked in with her, and she let him know about the news. Um, later that night, at prayer meeting at church, he brought my name before the church, and they prayed for me. And within a matter of hours, the doctor came in, and the additional test results were back, and they stated they could not find the dissection anymore. It was gone. It was there. Now it was gone. Totally gone. Totally cured. Not totally cured from the stroke, but certainly cured from that. I mean, that was the most dramatic example in my life of how God provides for us, taking something away so we don't have to deal with it. And I'm alive today because of that. However, that's not generally the way it's happened in my life. That's generally not the way I see God provide. Now, all of you probably have had similar experiences that God provided for you. God took something away. God spares you um, in a miraculous way, and it was, it was very cool. However, most of the time, I think you'll agree with me that that's not generally the way it works. You know, the way God provides for us is the way God provided for Paul in the Scripture. So with respect to his thorns, when Paul asked God to remove the thorns, and God said no, he said, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient for you. You know, what does that mean? Well, I think the answer in understanding how God provides is in understanding what that statement is. And I heard a, heard a sermon by Charles Stanley, and Charles Stanley talked about this, and he talked about substituting the word grace for presence. And that, the, and, and that statement made a whole lot more sense to me when I looked at it that way, that my presence is sufficient. 
And what I believe God was saying to Paul was that I'm not going to promise you that everything's going to work out the way you want it to work. But I do promise you that I will have your presence. I will have your back. I will be directing your steps. And so the the conclusion that I reached was that I needed to have a little bit different definition of how God provides. You know, yes, God does get rid of things that we don't have to deal with it. But most of the time, God gives us his presence to deal with it. But but the question still remains, why? You know, why, why does God do it this way? You know, why can't God provide? Why can't God get rid of things you know, so we don't have to deal with it more often. You know, why, why would God allow us to have thorns? There has to be a reason for that. And the conclusion I reached was that, you know, if we don't have storms in our life, then how are we ever going to learn how to let God sustain us? How are we ever going to learn how to let God direct us? If we don't have those storms in life, how are we ever going to learn this? Because in the absence of the storm, we don't learn this. You know, you were never meant to live apart from the sustaining help of God. You know, humans were meant to run on God. And God's presence in the midst of our storms is vital for us. If we didn't have storms, we wouldn't understand presence. And I look at my own life, and I look at all the different situations Uh, that have happened in my life, the things that I've learned, the times when I've spiritually grown, those times generally were time periods in which I was going through a trial. I mean, we just learn different in those time periods than when we're not going through a trial. I mean, we're uncomfortable. We just don't learn the same way. You know, we were never intended to live apart from God. And in the absence of storms... I don't know that any of us really would truly feel like we need God. Because if everything was easy, we don't really need God. Unfortunately, we only seek God so much of the time when we're going through these things. You know, we, we need trials because those are the only situations that God sometimes can get our attention. It's through that struggle that we truly can seek God with the same fervor that I mean, we certainly don't seek God with the same further in, in those situations that we don't have the trials. So the conclusion I reached was that we absolutely need these trials. And while it's not a whole lot of fun to have the trials, um, it's important for us to understand God's presence. It's important for us to understand how God helps us. It's important for us to understand that not everything is going to work out the way that you want it. But for you to seek the direction of God, you have to seek God first. And unfortunately, we just don't seek God in the same way without a trial that we do with a trial. You know, unfortunately, it's not easy, but God is not concerned about your comfort. You know, this is something that I personally struggled with a good bit because... If the conclusion is is that we need trials to seek God, then can we seek God in the same way without them? Can I discipline myself to do this? And I've tried this. I've tried to seek God in this, uh, with the same fervor that I do when I have a trial without one, when life's good. 
and I've realized I can't do it. And I've realized that eventually life's going to take over, the busyness of the soccer games, whatever else is going on, it's going to kind of take over. It's we need those trials to kind to kind of get us to stop, if nothing else, and seek God. And without them, life just kind of takes over, and we just kind of push God out. And it, and it doesn't matter how disciplined you are, I don't believe any of us can do that on our own. Well, that pretty much wraps up our time, and we'll look forward to continuing this discussion with you next time.